It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily podcast on the Baltimore Ravens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hi, I'm Jacob Troxel, and welcome to the Locked On Ravens podcast. Hope everyone had a great holiday season, and Baltimore Ravens are just a few days away from playing the Chargers once again, this time in the playoffs and this time in Baltimore. Now, last time we saw these two teams, things were a little bit different. Baltimore's playoff hopes were... Uh, Not as bright, but obviously they ended up winning the division. Pittsburgh Steelers did not. And Baltimore now facing a team that they handled pretty well uh, on the road and in a tough environment on a short week. And now they get to host them this week. So uh, today, just real quick, going to look at the injury report because it's not very long for the Ravens. And uh, the, the challenges that come with playing a team twice in such a short time span. And uh, real quick, might as well get to that injury report I mentioned. It's not very long for Baltimore. Only one player uh, held out of practice today, and that was uh, Tavon Young, the cornerback. And the Chargers injury report, a little bit different. Uh, Did not participate was uh, linebacker Jatavius Brown. Uh, Brandon Meebane was uh, not injury-related. Limited was Austin Eckler, the running back. Full participants were Melvin Gordon, running back uh, guard Dan Feeney, uh, tackle Sam Tevy, and safety Jaleel Day. Shoulder injury for him, so uh, those guys dealing with some injuries. But as we look, move forward and, and look into this matchup, you know, one of the, the big things to me, I think, and, and we'll get into this uh, a little bit more later in the week, but Melvin Gordon's health this time around, I I think is going to be a much bigger factor because he previously was coming off of a three-week absence and uh, only rushed for for 12 yards, was not very efficient um, in that game. And and I think that's been a a large part of uh, the Chargers' identity. Now, I know they were able to um, take down the Chiefs on the road in a tough environment there without some some of their best players, but it is very difficult to, to... go on a run and win consecutive games without your best players. And um, 
you know, I, I know he did play in the game against Baltimore, but um, it, it's just very different. You Even if you have a player who's a little bit beat up in playing, you might game plan a little bit differently. But um, with everyone, well, not everyone, but a large number of players for the Chargers coming to this game a little bit healthier, I think that changes things. And it changes things schematically how um, the Los Angeles Chargers can look at things against this Baltimore offense. Um, and in terms of beating a team twice, it's a difficult task, especially in a short uh, period of time here because, well, the Chargers just saw the Ravens. They saw the Ravens' identity. Uh, Baltimore is one of the only teams in the league that is doing what they're doing right now. And I think this is important here, especially because Baltimore, if they were a, a generic kind of offense that we see across the NFL, I think this game wouldn't pose as much of a threat on short time, but because Baltimore plays a completely different style, it's difficult, I think, to game plan in just a week's time for it because you're just not used to it. You're just not used to the way that, you know, you see guys uh, coming out of their blocks. We talk a lot about the, um, you know, tight ends and guards pulling. You got uh, Lamar Jackson all over the place. And, um, you know, even even when he's not running, I mean, going back to the last game, he was sacked three times, but for only two yards, you know, even when he's not extending plays with his legs fully, he's at least escaping large losses. Um, so it, it's just a lot to deal with coming out of the Baltimore backfield. And I think that's an advantage to the Chargers in this situation because they're at least a little bit familiar with this offense. And I think the the you know coming out of the bye week, how new this Ravens offense was and how completely different it was, I think it threw some teams off. And not to discredit anything they've done, this has been a, a great transformation. This offense is clearly working, and it's gotten them to the playoffs. It won them the division. Um, but it's it's just uh, it, it's something that could be game-planned a little bit easier for when you just saw it recently. Um, so hopefully for Baltimore, you know, they're, they're able to maybe add a few different looks in there. Um, but you know, and I, and I think from a game plan perspective for Baltimore, um, you know, that's, that's where you need to get creative, um, even more so now that, you know, this is an offense that is not just, uh, something you've been doing the last couple of weeks that's been working. This is, this is now you're, you're all in on this scheme. You're all in on this. And this has to be, uh, the way you make a run in the playoffs now. Um, I think it's important, again, that you get ahead in the game. That's something they did uh, last time against the Chargers, where even though they were only ahead 6-3 to three in the first half, that allowed them to continuously play their style. And, of course, it helps when Lamar Jackson throws for a career high and throws for over 200 yards for the first time and is able to uh, connect with Mark Andrews for a deep touchdown pass where uh, Andrews just took off down the boundary. So, you know... All those things help, but you know, at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to can you provide enough different looks that is going to make Los Angeles look at your offense and say, "Wow, I I, I haven't seen that before." Still, you know, I I think on this short notice, you really have to get creative 
uh, even more, you know, and, and maybe that's, um, maybe that's something as, as simple as keeping them, uh, on their toes early. Maybe you, you try to mix things up, um, you know, maybe via, you know, reverses, jet sweeps, trick plays, you know, whatever it is you can do to continuously keep teams on their toes against this offense, the better. And that's what I'm going to look for, especially early is, uh, and I think, you know, part of maybe what you can do with that is, is using Kenneth Dixon a little bit more. Cause I think the last few weeks he's looked better in, in space than, than Gus Edwards has, um, you know, Maybe there are different ways you can get him involved. Um, you know, going back to last week, I think one situation in that that Cleveland Browns game that that kind of um, stood out to me that I think was maybe a little bit too creative was the situation at the goal line where uh, Baltimore, instead of just kind of running up the middle, they tried to get too creative, ran a, a tight end fullback dive sort of play uh, on the goal line there. And I think, you know, that was something that, you know, going into this kind of final stretch we were talking about, you know, and and especially going into that Chargers, that previous Chargers game, we were talking about, you know, when are you going to decide to use a Lamar Jackson card? You know, it, it feels like you only have maybe 10 design runs a game that you're really going to you're going to pull that one out. When are you going to decide to do that? I think that would have been a, a, a great time there on that down, that specific down to do it. Um, obviously, very easy for any of us to sit back and say uh, afterwards. But I just think at the goal line, you want to especially put the ball in one of your premier ball handlers' uh, hands there. So, um, again, you know, that's just that's just kind of looking at things um, – creatively you know what 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 can you can you do to th- mix things up I think you know that was a a good situation a good example of how they were able to mix things up just didn't obviously uh, execute it well enough and um, maybe we're just overthinking when when you could have just you know really only needed a, a I think it was only like a yard so um, how can Baltimore do that and that's something uh, you know we're gonna talk a little bit more about. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, here's something I do think that we can expect to see a lot of, and and this has kind of been the trend as as things have gone on with Lamar Jackson at quarterback is multiple guys getting multiple targets, and and I, I don't just mean you know four, five, six kind of 
guys that are, are getting targets in the in the passing game, but there were many, many players who received multiple targets uh, in that Los Angeles Chargers game, previously six to be exact. A lot of guys with multiple receptions. No guy had more than two receptions um, in that game, 12 receptions total. Um, but the big play is what got them there, and they had um, six guys also with receptions for longer than 10 yards in that game. So I think it's important that we note that with the creativity that's going to uh, come or the, the the creativity that I think should come again even more in this game, you need to have that balance in the running game and passing game of creativity. You can't have you know uh, this dynamic running game and then these vanilla uh, type of generic passing plays. Um, you know, and and Baltimore's done again a good job of that so far this season. They have not really dumbed things down, I guess you could say, for a rookie quarterback. You know, a lot of people. Um, you know, like to, to keep things simple or whatever, you know, however you want to phrase it. Um, Lamar, for from what I've seen, has been able to diagnose things and, and find routes that he likes and doesn't like and has been going through his reads relatively well. And um, again, you know, with, with running quarterbacks, something we always talk about, are they keeping their eyes downfield? How are they uh, able to extend plays? I think Maybe he could, you know, work a little bit on on the contact, the sliding. Um, he, he is a tough guy, and I think he's very capable of of taking some hits. But, um, you know, he, a couple of them he was leaning into uh, the last couple weeks, and um, you know, but but for the most part, I think he's done a great job of extending plays. And uh, and again, like I mentioned earlier, the uh, the three sacks uh, in the previous game for two. Uh, the previous game with the Chargers for only two yards. Um, he certainly has the awareness that you look for in a first-round quarterback uh, draft selection. He is not a guy who is looks, you know, worried or scared or like there's too much going on around him. He's always very aware of where he is, where other people are. Um, and I, I think that's something, too, that you're starting to see with guys of his nature that come into the NFL that run uh, in college is that they're more aware of not only when things break down, but they're more aware of what is going on in the pocket. I think that's another thing that that's key to point out in this matchup because, um, you know, with Joey Bosa on that defensive line for the Chargers, you know, that's a that's a you know top some people like to call him a top 10 player in the league and um you know it's it's you know very um important that Baltimore again you know we mentioned earlier in the year when they played the Denver Broncos what were they going to be able to do to limit Von Miller that was one of the best coaching performances i think i've ever seen in in limiting a pass rusher um who can also do damage in the ground game so uh, you know, they're, they're again, they're gonna have to be creative now on the defensive side of the ball. How can they be creative? We'll get in the, into that in just a second. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes 
It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Now, to get into the defensive side of the ball, I think it's important to note in this game that, you know, I said you know, want to be creative, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, it's very true, but you also don't want to be too creative. You don't want to outsmart yourself. You don't want to outthink yourself. You don't want to get into a repetitive pattern of, of kind of doing something that maybe you don't necessarily feel is your strength. Right, you you still in all situations want to play to your player's strengths, and I think the Chargers learned in the first game that it was not their strength to kind of throw up one-on-one balls, and you saw it on the first play of the game. Brandon Carr goes up and makes a play over the six-foot-four Mike Williams, who has been terrific, uh, you know, with or without Keenan Allen, their other wide receiver on the field this year. So. I think the Chargers know that that is not necessarily their strength against this team. Um, so I expect them to be a lot more creative in the routes they're running, and the, uh, maybe they, uh, you know, try to expose some zone coverage. They try to, um, you know, line up guys close together. Maybe use some some kind of uh, crossing routes, some over. Um, you know, flooding type of routes where you have a lot of guys kind of moving in, in one direction to kind of allow Philip Rivers to um, pick a matchup in that kind of line of sight that um, that they can possibly win. Um, because, you know, again, like I said, going back to, to this game being in such a short time frame, you don't want to get, if you're Baltimore, you don't want to get caught in, in doing something that does, doesn't play to your strength as well. And, I think it's very easy to kind of get complacent um, for for anyone that is in a, a, a matchup you feel confident in, um, and you know maybe you um, if if you're winning that matchup, maybe it's a one-on-one matchup so frequently that maybe you don't respect the uh, possibility of something else coming here uh, in this game. I, I don't think if I'm Baltimore, I'm not expecting them to. Uh, you know, try the same exact things that they did last time. And that's part of the reason why, again, I think this benefits the Chargers in this game because Baltimore going into, sure, sure, the Chargers were fighting for a lot in that game. They wanted the number one seed, ultimately didn't get it. Now they got to go on the road to face Baltimore. But Baltimore, that game was essentially your season if the Steelers, I mean, that, remember going back to week 16, if, if they lost that game on Saturday night, there was a scenario because the Titans had beaten the Washington Redskins the game before that, 
Saturday afternoon, there was a scenario that if Baltimore didn't win that game, all of a sudden they didn't control their own destiny. They could have been out of the playoffs by Sunday afternoon. So this was very much a, a you know, I guess you could call a must-win game for Baltimore. And, um, you know, in, in terms of what I saw, I thought they, you know, again, were very creative and used a lot of different concepts and um, were able to get the tight ends moving in different directions downfield and connected on that one big strike. And um, I think we saw them use guys in different spots. But now I expect it almost to be the reverse of that where, the Chargers are pulling out all the tricks they have in the book. They're going to probably show some different looks that that maybe they weren't showing in that first game. They could draw up some different, um, you know, route combinations and and you know use uh, different guys to you know maybe switch and get different matchups. Um, you know, they have big physical receivers, and again, that's what they kind of thought was their strength going into this game. Obviously, the 198 net yards showed that they weren't necessarily ready for this Ravens defense. That uh, the 198 net yards was the, uh, the the fourth lowest total since Rivers became the starting quarterback there uh, for the Chargers in his tenure there. So, look, they, they were just not prepared to take advantage of some of those matchups. So how do they do that this time around? I think, you know, again, it's going to – this game in general, if you learn nothing from – this previous matchup and going into this week, um, know that whoever has the more creative offense here is going to win this game because, you know, I think a lot of times when people think the Chargers, they think Philip Rivers, the offensive side of the ball, some of the playmakers they have. Um, but they, again, you know, they have a very respectable defense and, um, you know, a, in my opinion, a top 10 defense. So, you know, these defenses are, are, somewhat similar in, in the, uh, the skill players they have. Um, you know, especially when you look at, at, at the, uh, you know, defensive lines for these two teams, kind of similar, um, you know, kind of guys and skill sets that are comparable to each other. So I think it's going to come down to who can be more creative. So again, going back to Baltimore, I think Baltimore has to prepare for a number of different route combinations So how do you do that? So I think Baltimore in the end is going to have to be ready to play some cover three, some cover four. I think, um, you know, they can, for the most part, give the underneath routes. Um, But what is going to play to the Chargers strength is, again, using that size, using that downfield speed. And if you can limit that uh, for the most part in this game, you're probably going to be fine. And and one last thing, again, going all the way back to the to the the road win in Pittsburgh early in the year, and we saw this in the first matchup. I think Baltimore did a great job of this, and they have to do it again. And this is what um, is is annoying to a team who wants to run a lot of those deep route concepts is the late movement we saw between the two safeties and and also other guys in the defense. When you're able to move late like that, you confuse Philip Rivers, um, you know, with what scheme he's possibly seeing, it's a lot tougher to diagnose a coverage in the middle of the play versus pre-snap. If you're judging and and you're able to determine what the coverage is pre-snap, so many things and options open up to you. You're able to adjust things, but obviously, you know, once you're going, once you snap the ball, you only have a few seconds to diagnose things. And 
find out where you need to get the ball to and which matchup is the favorable one. And that's why I think, you know, I mentioned the, the kind of like the flood routes where you, you kind of run things all to one side. If Baltimore is doing a lot of that late movement and they're doing a good job of it and they're confusing Phillip Rivers in the coverage, I think that will help him identify the coverage, find the matchup he's going to be able to, you know, he wants to find and get the ball out in time. So um, Baltimore has to be able to limit those types of plays to those underneath routes. Uh, so hopefully that all makes sense. Um, and it'll be a really interesting matchup. I think Baltimore uh, will be able to limit the big play. And, um, you know, as, as long as they're, again, getting off to a fast start, limiting the the receivers, and, and uh, I'm sure Melvin Gordon will get more carries in this game, being that he's healthy, but um, limiting those carries, limiting things up the middle, uh, and forcing uh, Phillip Rivers to get rid of the ball quickly. All major keys going into this game for Baltimore. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 